0: Welcome back to Team Talk, ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. Sam, Howser, Scott Galetti? We're here till 7. We've got a busy weekend ahead. We have New Mexico State postseason baseball tonight in the NCAA Regional in Corvallis, Oregon. We have New Mexico United Soccer coming up tomorrow. We'll have another Aggie baseball game tomorrow as well, just depending on uh, what happens tonight. It'll either be at 2 o'clock against Vanderbilt or 8 o'clock against San Diego and yeah, that depends on what happens tonight with Oregon State. So a ton coming up this weekend, all right here on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. But there's been a lot of talk on, on ESPN Radio this week as we're getting into that 100-day mark. The last 100 days until the NFL season. And so in the spirit of just keeping the NFL Wait, on, wait,
1: wait, 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 Sam. What? NFL is... 365 days a year. I don't know if you noticed that. We talk about NFL all the time. I don't know where this hundred days started, except for maybe a hundred days from the beginning of the season. But it's NFL season 24 seven.
0: Fair enough. I, I, I guess I can be more specific. hundred days until
1: <laughs> I had to throw that until in.
0: No, uh, football goes in the air and guys start hitting each other in the face again. Is that better? There.
1: That's much better. Thank you
0: until there 's actual games to watch <laughs> on the television that have an NFL logo in them somewhere and uh, and quarterbacks throw or uh, referees throwing penalty flags farther than drew Locke or Tua and field goals deciding uh, meaningful games again all the fun stuff that we Love and love to hate and hate to love about the NFL, but Bill Barnwell and
1: preseason games where the stars never play. That's right. Don't forget. Don't forget that one.
0: That's yeah. That, that's all coming up. But Bill Barnwell of ESPN uh, put out his his rankings of the best and worst off seasons of 2022, and he has the Denver. I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise because of the deal that Denver was able to get. But he has the Denver Broncos number one. With Russell Wilson coming in as the quarterback, even though the number one quarterback in my heart now getting to go to Seattle, uh, talking about Drew Locke, but uh, between getting Randy Gregory and getting Russell Wilson, and uh, as I saw this, there's so many counter, there, there's so many countering feelings about the level of optimism for this uh, for this Broncos season Scott that I find kind of interesting because i i, I don't it, it's hard to debate anytime even though the last couple of seasons have not been what we you know, have not been prime russell wilson it's still the point i mean certainly just about any quarterback to lead that offense would have been an upgrade for for denver and of course you know let's not forget bringing in an offensive-minded head coach as well, and Nathaniel Hackett, he was the offensive coordinator for the Packers. But there's there's been a surprising amount of skepticism regarding Russell Wilson coming into the season just because of what we saw on the field in Denver, or excuse me, in Seattle. But that was so much more about Seattle, about that offense, about the state of that team, than it was about... Russell Wilson, I mean the the Seahawks mm-hmm. are paying running backs like it's tw- like it's 2006. Russell Wilson has been asked to do everything in that offense. I'm surprised he hasn't been asked to throw to throw passes to himself the way that <laughs> offense was running. Like it it's so it, it's so ridiculously baffling what happened to the Seahawks since since those since that Super Bowl run because it was just all right Russell Wilson go run around and try to create a play or do something yourself and the guy and for for somebody who did that that much how little he took hits was always so impressive so the but e- even with all that being said the fact that there is this feeling of go prove that you can still be Russell Wilson in Denver I don't know it just it it, it feels misguided i don't even know what the right word right word is but you're pointing the attention in the wrong place i i really don't think we can i really don't think russell wilson is is the guy is is even at the top of the anywhere near the top of the list as far as what you would point to for that offense in seattle looking the way that it did i mean he's he's getting older that was always inevitable but the Seahawks just never really prepared for it, and and then he falls under the spotlight because of how we look at quarterbacks in 2022.
1: That's the biggest thing, Sam. I think he hit the nail on the head, and the Seahawks do not, and I repeat, do not want to repeat this or acknowledge it. They weren't ready. They had Russell Wilson. They thought that was enough. They thought, eh, we'll put this guy here, this guy there, this guy there. Nothing's going to change. Well, everyone else kind of fizzled out. Russell Wilson was the same, and your team all of a sudden went from an upper echelon team to eh, not so much.
0: So you got Melvin Gordon coming back, which I—I I mean, you know, against you know, running backs. Just running backs, no matter what, are going to get grouped into the conversation of it's going to you know you see a contract for a running back, no matter what it is, it's going to make you go. Uh, but I, I, but I, I think it was it, I think Melvin Gordon absolutely earned another opportunity to come back next year. All Denver needs is an offense that looks like an NFL offense, which is going to make it, in, <laughs> well, right. and that's going to make it interesting in itself in how we grade Russell Wilson. That, be, yeah, because it's
1: not easy. Because if Denver so.
0: has, if Denver takes steps forward. On offense next year, and the defense, you know, can be anywhere near what it was last season to get them at least in the at least in the wild card conversation. I mean, I, I, realistically, I don't think even with Russell Wilson, I don't know if we can expect Denver to to to. To to compete for that division, that division is set up to be maybe the best in the entire NFL next season with 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 Kansas City, with San Diego, with the you've done that now you got me doing it the L A Chargers. What they added It's hard
1: not to, isn't it?
0: What they added in the offseason season uh, on, on the defensive side of the ball. It's gonna be hard for Denver to compete for winning the AFC West, but I think but if they can get themselves I mean legitimately, not like not like in the hunt where they're you know, where they're a game under five hundred and sitting a couple games back with three weeks to go in the playoff mix, like legitimately in one of those wild card spots. That that seems realistic, but the expectation—I uh, I mean, if Russell Wilson is still not Super Bowl Russell Wilson, but he gets the Broncos back to the playoffs, like that's an organization that has high expectations every year. Like, I mean, maybe not quite to the level of the way that you talk about the Lakers, but that is, and they're an impatient franchise with high expectations. But given how, how given how, uh, how 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 uh, unpleasant things have been for my, for my man Drew Locke the last couple of years if 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 Russell gets him into the playoffs it's going to be the, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good time in denver so I, I feel like the expectations for him and for the team are, are 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 different which is what makes that conversation so interesting
1: question for you sam Are the fans going to boo Russell Wilson on the first series of the season?
0: I'm sure there will be some that do.
1: I sure as hell hope not, but I don't think so. But I think if things go south... That fan base has become so fickle that they might down the road, but it's not Drew Locke-esque where you shake your head, uh, you scratch your head, wondering, why do they hate this guy so much?
0: My bigger concern is that Drew Locke gets booed louder in Seattle than he did in Denver, because they're like, (laughs) we didn't ask for this. You You ungrateful fans, you have no idea what you're getting. You love right. that man and you watch what happens when you get, when you tell him it's going to be okay and you, you're you in his corner. You watch what happens.
1: So what you're saying is the Seahawks fans need to boo so he feels comfortable so he can go in there and win whether they boo or not.
0: Yeah, I guess he might be in his element. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. I
0: mean, there's higher hopes for Geno Smith <laughs> in 2022 than there is for, for poor Drew. I mean, think about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Gino <laughs> Smith, uh, he's still in the league,
0: that's good. So Bill Barnwell, uh, again, this is off of uh, Bill Barnwell, it's on ESPN.com, he's got the Broncos number one, and I think you could have made a case for these guys to be number one on this list, maybe flip-flopping Denver and, and this team, it's Philadelphia. You think so? Between what they did in in the draft, with, you know, certainly you know, the the trade in in getting AJ Brown to go up with to go alongside Devonte Smith, they they're, they're uh, I mean, until we see how he is on the field, it's t- it's TBD. But I think they're going to end up having gotten a steal in Kobe Dean, and just the whole the whole off season, the trades they made a couple of moves. They got uh, James Bradbury for a pretty good deal after the Giants couldn't trade him. The Eagles have the, the Eagles have been building in the shadows for the last couple of years and and almost almost letting the Cowboys have this false sense of confidence. like I think that I, I really do think the Eagles have a good chance to win that division. This year. The Cowboys are not going in the right direction. The Eagles are. It all comes down to Jalen Hurts and what level he's going to be at this year. But Jalen Hurts, again, as we're talking about different expectations. We were just talking about with Russell Wilson and the Broncos. I think Jalen Hurts is absolutely in that same conversation. I do think there are there is a different level of expectation. For Jalen Hurts to get to another level as with the Eagles. Because Jalen Hurts does not have... Jalen Hurts should not have to be in a position to win that team games. And if he doesn't, then it's going to be... Oh, th- then it's going to fall into... Oh, see, he's he's not going to get to the level that, that we hoped he would. Even though he's not going to have to because of the team that's being built around him. But I am so fascinated and excited for this NFC East division race. Because, I mean, obviously we want to see how the Cowboys are going to hold up with all the players that they lost, whether it was uh, Randy Gregory or, or Amari Cooper. I mean, they, certainly, yeah, they, they have some additions and, so, and a lot of guys coming back. But this is going to be an absolute fight between the Cowboys and Eagles.
1: So what you're saying, Sam, is Jalen Hurts, in essence, doesn't really have pressure on him which means he can just go out and play because the expectations aren't exactly stellar. So he can just go out and play and not put a lot of pressure on himself and maybe lead the Eagles to the promised land.
0: No, uh, see, I, I'm saying it's the opposite. I think he has more... You're saying
1: it's the opposite. Okay.
0: I, I, I'm saying I think Jalen Hurts has more pressure on him than he should. I think there's an expecta- a level of expectation. A place, I misunderstood that because place, I thought it was the opposite. A place that... that in in the eyes of, of Eagles fans and, and 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 the NFL the NFL community there's this level that that Jalen Hurts has to get to this season that might end up being that end up might that might end up forcing him into situations of doing more than he has to
1: yeah, I could see that. I mean, I misunderstood where you were going, so I thought that maybe uh the world uh, he had the world by the palm of his hand, so now he's got to think about things and go out and win some damn uh games, Sam.
0: Yeah, we're not going to go through the whole thing, but number 3 is the Chargers. I love what they did in the off season as well with getting Khalil Mack alongside uh alongside Joey Bosa, getting JC Jackson in the now secondary was a team
1: that looked like it was going to be better than it ended up at the end of the season. So who knows? I mean, they got the pieces there. They just fizzled.
0: Well, they have the offensive pieces there, but they found themselves in too many close games and that's the big step for Justin Herbert this season is winning more of those close right. games. But uh, adding Khalil Mack as a pass rusher, adding JC Jackson in the secondary should help them end up be a little bit uh, be more on the right side of of some of those close games and winning more of those because there's not going to be any margin for error in that in that division this year from top to vo from top to bottom. It's it's I, I fully anticipate it being the best division in the in the NFL for the coming season. But as we go further and further down the list, again it's ranked one through thirty two. It's Bill Barnwell's list of the the best to the worst off seasons, number one being the best, number thirty two being the worst the cowboys find themselves in the bottom third bill barnwell puts dallas at number 24 and i i don't i, I don't think that's unfair by by any means
1: that seems awfully low
0: it, i mean it, it it does no it is low but that's more that's more on on how this offseason has gone for the Cowboys, than it is. I mean, it's 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 one. More, no, that, it's one that man's is a opinion.
1: testament to how bad the off season seems to be going. It's
0: it's one man's it's one man's opinion. I, I mean, sir, there are ways you can find optimism as far as what the Cowboys did. Uh, certainly, uh, w- within I I will say that within Cowboys media uh the the optimism about this rookie draft class is is at a level that I was not anticipating like everybody that covers that team has fallen in love with Tyler Smith already
1: the uh, the the,
0: the, uh, the Cowboys first round pick their their uh, offensive lineman their first round draft pick
1: no they've fallen in love with him so you know yeah it it's hard to judge but i i, I Anything beyond ten for the Cowboys seems awfully damn low. And what did you say? Twenty four?
0: Uh twenty four on, on Bill Barnwell's list. And here's what I think <sighs> it, Well, here's what I think it comes down to.
1: I They're, would think ten is low, to be honest with you.
0: By by the team standards, sure. But I, I I think the way that we're going to end up summing up this offseason for the Cowboys is that they took a lot of they took a lot of risks that need to pay off whether it was whether it was uh, trading Amari to the Cleveland Browns I think that trade's going to haunt him for a while given what the yes. market ended up being on draft night for uh for for the wide receivers that got traded they got a 5th round pick for for Amari, for Amari Cooper but it comes down to a lot of risks that are going to have to pay off. Whether it is trading Amari and handing the keys to the wide receiver room to Ceedee Lamb and and uh, Michael Gallup, who's probably not going to be ready for the start of the season, uh, another year, uh, another year at the running back position of figuring out how to how to make sure that you're getting your money's worth out of Zeke while understanding the value in in Tony Pollard, uh. uh uh, putting Dalton Schultz on the franchise, uh, putting Dalton Schultz on the franchise tag, and trying to work out. Uh, did
1: that part surprise you? By the way, it shocked me. It it did, but I, I it did a little bit. But
0: the thing with franchise tags is, we're still in the place right now where I'm not ready to answer that question yet because you know, there, there are cases where you franchise tag a guy, so another team doesn't steal him away and so you Man, have this time true. where he's on the tag and they still have time before the season starts to to negotiate the new uh to negotiate the new deal but as that's happening with Dalton Schultz they let Blake Jarwin go so so the tight end spot gets even thinner and that does put more attention on Blake Jarwin as well for a team that leaned a lot on the tight ends last year the Jarwin one surprised me a little bit more I think even than than Schultz
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, it, it still surprised me that Schultz would be on the franchise tag, but it, hey, uh, I guess it's good. It's good for the franchise, so it's good for everyone involved, hopefully, but... It's going to be a make or break year I think for the Cowboys this year.
0: It is and it's going to come down to a lot of these these risks that pay off. And some of them we don't even right. know what those look like yet as far as, you know, is is Mike McCarthy going to take back some of the play calling duties? How you know the the, the dynamic on the sidelines during games, the week leading up to games, never mind the guys on the field. But the day of that of that Randy Gregory uh, move where he, uh, he thought he signed the deal and then he goes to Denver. I mean, think about how we were talking about this offseason, Scott. Like, I hear what you're saying. You think, Cowboys, the offseason's not supposed to go like this, but we, were, we had no idea what was happening with this right. team. We had no idea what they were doing. We couldn't explain what they were doing.
1: Well, I can honestly say I still don't know, but I don't know about you. I can't speak for you, but I'm still kind of mystified.
0: And then uh, just really quick here before we uh, before we go to break because I want to switch gears here while we have a couple of minutes. The Raiders, this one really surprised me because I think uh, there are some risks involved in this one as well. It's more of a short-term gain as far as planning for the future. But again, given how competitive that, uh, that AFC West is, I, I don't think they really had much of a choice but to make some big moves. Raiders 28th on this list. After bringing in, uh, after bringing in Devonte Adams and Chandler Jones, uh, 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 Devonte Adams, the wide receiver from Green Bay, Chandler Jones, uh, the edge rusher from Arizona, who it, it didn't manifest itself for the whole season, but the first quarter of last season was as good as any pass rusher in football. Mm-hmm. These guys are a little bit older, and there's not going to be much left in there, but. The Raiders seem to be going year to year on Derek Carr, still trying to figure out what the plan is there, and the and with with the year with the year that they got last season out of uh, with the year that they got last season out of out of some of these guys. I think you just, I, 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 and especially now with Darren Waller coming back, I think this I, I it really does seem like the Raiders are in a in a go for it now kind of mode with the year that Hunter Renfro had to bring back Darren Waller to add Devonte Adams
1: I, no they legitimize their offense for sure for the and short I think, it, uh, for the short term but yes. I wouldn't
0: put I, I wouldn't punish him for that for the short term I mean I mean the Raiders the Raiders ha, ha, what we what it's the last two or three years they've been oh so close coming right up to the very end of the season of are they going to sneak into the wild card spot they need something that's going to get them over the top like I get that they're going to be paying for the you know the bills going to come on this pretty soon but that just comes down to yeah uh, you know, that that just comes down to. Uh, to planning and, and 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 that's also preference too. I've always been a little bit more willing to sacrifice some of that to, to go for it now especially when you're in when you're in a, a situation like the Raiders where I mean let's be honest you really don't have much to lose they've been they've been the beacon of mediocrity for far too long now they got to try something.
1: No, it's very true, and they don't like being uh, the beacon of mediocrity. They're a team that has a lot of pride in itself. Uh, they harken back to the days when they won Super Bowls. This is not a team that likes anything but success. So uh, they are probably honestly looking at this as a, we have a chance to win this thing this year or at least be very competitive. we got to go out and do this.
0: He's Scott Galetti. I'm Sam Hauser. We'll finish up Team Talk In just a moment right here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team.